0: everyone, welcome back to the Built on the Rock Podcast.
1: Yeah, we're excited y'all are joining us today because guess what we're gonna talk about today? Faith. We're gonna talk about faith. We've talked about faith in the first two episodes, but today it's the actual subject of what we're talking about. We're gonna talk about living by faith.
0: I'm pretty excited.
1: It's a good topic. I mean, to be honest with you, I think that living by faith, it's a very foundational thing, which is what we talk about here on the podcast, but You can't walk in the truths of God's word unless you live by faith. You can't, you know, operate in what he wants you to operate in. You can't walk with him unless you're living by faith. Yeah. So you ready to get in the word?
0: Let's get in the word.
1: All right, let's do it. So we're talking about living by faith. And the first point of the day is have the faith of God. So what does it mean to have the faith of God? Well, we're going to go to the Bible, to the word, and see what it says about it. We're going to go into Mark 11. Mark 11. And for those of y'all who have studied faith, you're probably familiar with Mark 11 because it's a very key teaching moment about faith where Jesus is teaching the disciples about what it means to have the faith of God. So we're going to look at this and we're going to see what he says. So in Mark 11, 12 12 through 14, just to give a little bit of context of what was going on, Jesus and the disciples were going into town and Jesus was hungry. And so he saw a fig tree a little ways away and he went up to it and he was like, okay, I'm going to get me some food. He gets up there, and there's no figs on it. So he curses the fig tree. He said, no one's going to eat fruit of you ever again. The next day, this is, we're in Mark 11, 20 and 24, and this is what happened. It says, in the morning, they passed by the fig tree that Jesus spoke to, and it was completely withered from the roots up. Peter remembered and said to him, teacher, look, that's the fig tree you cursed. It's now all shriveled up and dead. Jesus replied, let the faith of God be in you. Listen to the truth. I speak to you. Whoever says to this mountain with great faith and does not doubt mountain be lifted up and thrown into the midst of the sea and believes that what he says will happen, it will be done. This is the reason I urge you to boldly believe for whatever you ask for in prayer, be convinced that you have received it and it will be yours. So, you know, one of the biggest things that, you know, this points out to me, or it's interesting to me. Is that who in the scripture, who does it say drew attention to the fig tree once it was withered up? Peter. Peter did. It wasn't Jesus. Jesus wasn't like, hey, y'all remember what I said yesterday? Look at it now. No, Peter, he was like, hey, teacher, Jesus, look at this. Your word, you know, what you said, it actually happened. And it's like, yeah, Jesus, the thing about it is Jesus knew he believed it when he said it. Right. Peter believed it when he saw it. And so that's the really key difference that this is showing here is Peter knew it when he saw it. Jesus knew it when he said it. And that's the difference in God's kind of faith versus our human faith is that in God's kind of faith, believes when it's spoken.
0: And now that's what really Jesus is trying to teach the disciples here. And what he would be trying to teach us in this passage is if you can imagine a table set before you, And Jesus comes up and says, boom, here's your cup of coffee. Here's your feast. Come eat, right? And then you're going to have people walking up to that table and you're going to be one of these people. Uh, Maybe they have previous knowledge of the word and they're coming with their hands full of what they think they know. And then you're going to have people like Peter that are coming up like, Where did this come from, this withered tree? Where did this fruit come from that's on my table here? And he's going to come up and he has the opportunity to eat of what's on the table, take the teaching of Jesus and apply God-like faith, or he has the opportunity to not believe what Jesus is teaching. He has the opportunity to leave it on the table and walk away. But what Jesus is teaching us here is that it's for anybody who will speak like he speaks and believe it when they speak it.
1: Another thing I want to point out about this scripture is notice that Jesus was teaching them about believing in the context of the fig tree. Now, Mm -hmm. you know, context is a big thing when you're studying the scripture. You got to see what it's talking about around the verse you're studying to kind of get an idea of the context of what he's saying. And so Jesus, you know, the point we're talking about here is that Jesus is talking about believing that you receive when you pray, but it was within the context of the fig tree. So what can we learn from that? That's my question here. So when Jesus spoke to the fig tree the first day, when they first went up to it, he was looking for food on it, couldn't find it, and he, he cursed the fig tree and he spoke to it, immediately his words went into effect on that fig tree. Immediately yeah. it began to die from the roots up. But you couldn't see it in the you know with your natural eyes, but Jesus' words immediately took effect. Now here's the thing. Here's the context I'm talking about. When you believe that you have received what you've spoken in prayer, it immediately goes to work, but you don't always immediately see the results of it. Right. And so just like the fig tree, it takes time to see the results, but you believed it when you spoke it. Right. And that's what caused it to go into effect.
0: And that's what Jesus is trying to teach the disciples and also trying to teach us that we would then operate out of that same God-like faith so we can see the same fruit from what we speak. We could see the tree withered when we speak. We can see the mountain moved when we speak. We can see yeah, the, the life come from the words that we're speaking because we're having that godlike faith to speak and believe when we speak versus when we see it change. Yeah,
1: that's really good. I mean, the faith of God, it takes a hold of the things that you're believing for. It takes a hold of his word and says his word is true above all else. And so I think that's really important that we get a hold of this about having the God kind of faith because this can be applied to our everyday lives. And, you know, we take a hold of his promises by faith. We take a hold of what his word says for our lives by faith. I mean, I get in the Bible and this is what I do. I get in the Bible and I see the promises of God and I'm like, this is something I don't have in my life right now. So I need to take it by faith. Yeah. And I begin to believe for it and I begin to, you know, keep that word in front of me and I believe it and I speak it and I receive it at that point when I pray it. I receive it by faith and then I hold on to that. And then until you see the fruit Exactly. Of it. Until I see the fruit of it. Then comes the manifestation and the fruit of it in my life. And you know, in the context of the fig tree again, we're talking about sometimes it takes time to see with your natural eyes, the manifestation of it. And so that time can vary. It could be a day. It could be a week. It could be a month. It could be a year. It depends on what it is. It, could, it takes time. It takes time sometimes. Sometimes it's immediately. Right. Depending on what it is. But it takes faith to believe it. The, part, the bottom line about it is, do you believe it or do you not? No matter how long it takes, do you believe it or do you not believe it? Right. And if you believe it, you've already received it. And at the proper
0: time, you'll see it.
1: Exactly. At the proper time, you'll see the manifestation of it. So a really good story that goes along with this teaching about faith is when we moved into this apartment. And I think it really shows, you know, basically how to take God's word by faith. Yeah, it was us
0: walking it out, walking out faith. So obviously, once you get married, you want to get your own place. And it took time. It took a process. But it also took us taking out some preconceived notions in our minds about what our provision was going to look like. And so David gets a word from the Lord in service one time during worship, and he finally gives us this word that says, it's time to move. And this whole time we've been like, waiting, waiting, you know, I'm antsy over here. And he's telling me, stop looking for houses, you know, pay attention to what you need to pay attention to right now. And when it's time, I've got it for you. And David gets this word, it's time to move. Well, we had a friend that had sent us this apartment, and immediately we nix it. We're like, no, we're looking for a house. We want land. We want to be in the country. You know, the dream, right? And so we didn't even consider steps in between, that those steps would also be what the Lord had called us to.
1: Yeah.
0: And so then when the Lord speaks this, they sent it to us again. And we were like, oh, maybe we should consider this. And we had some other counsel that basically instructed us to consider the option because he didn't tell you to get a house in the country <laughs> with the land. Well, yeah, and That's the and thing. The... We
1: weren't, we weren't consulting the Lord about renting. We just had automatically marked right. it off our list as something we're not going to do, but we didn't ask God about yeah. that until at this point.
0: And so when the word was spoken, it's time to move. Then we took action that was our yeah. faith being applied. Okay, Lord, you want us to move into this apartment. Well,
1: <laughs> so that's the thing. We we when we came here and looked at it the first time, you know, we were we were still kinda unsure. But when we stepped into this place and looked at it, God spoke to the on the inside of us and said, This is the right. vision I have for you. So at that point we knew this is what God wants us to do.
0: Oh, and this is even better. When we walked through the apartment to see it for the first time, we knew in our spirits, we had peace about it. This was ours. But visually, it looked nothing like I wanted. I didn't have a plan for it, but he did. And so just the same with the withered tree, uh, Peter didn't see the change of it at first. Yeah. Until... When we finally moved in for us, that's when I took a walk through this apartment, knowing that this was ours and vision was birthed in me for what our place would look like and what we want it to do here. And so vision was birthed in Peter. He's seen that tree withered. So now he's like, oh, there's something more here. There's a God-like faith that I need to begin to apply to my life.
1: Yeah. And then the second part of the story kind of brings about the other part of the oh yeah the waiting or the uh, the not knowing what it's going to look like, but stepping out in faith anyways right. and just trusting God. And so you know we we at this point we got to the apartment and I've looked at it and decided you know this is what the Lord wants us to do. He spoke to us. This is what He wants us to do. Okay, so now comes the time where we have to trust Him
0: for the and money for
1: the money yeah for the monies. <laughs> I
0: wasn't working a job. David was our single income.
1: I was doing so I was self-employed doing construction and anyone out there that's self-employed knows that it can be spotty sometimes. Yeah. And so at this point we had no money. Right. We literally didn't have anything to, you know, and it costs money to move somewhere. It costs money to put a down payment on something or a, uh, what is it? A deposit It costs money to put a deposit on an apartment and first month's rent, all that stuff. And so we didn't we didn't have yeah. that money.
0: And not only that, we had previously planned a family vacation. Yeah, let's just
1: add something on top of it here.
0: Well, it's vacation. We can't get rid of it. Not just any vacation. We knew any we vacation. were going on this vacation,
1: and not just any vacation, but a vacation all the way to Pennsylvania.
0: Well, you and our sister in law had to meet the family.
1: <laughs> I mean, I enjoyed the vacation. I'm just saying, we had no money. We're just, you know, looking to move into this apartment with no money. And then we go to, you know, vacation for a week.
0: For time or reference. Or two weeks
1: to uh, Pennsylvania.
0: Well, for time reference, we already had the vacation bought. That's true. Before we even had the word that we were going to move to this apartment. Yeah. So, so we were gonna the go. Lord was really orchestrating the plan of this because the way it worked out was that we were able to almost soar into this apartment and trusting God. It looked like we had no money when we left on the road on vacation. That's the thing.
1: Stress, you know, the stress was trying to get on me right here with this because I was thinking not only do I not have the money to move into this apartment, but I don't even have the time to make the money before I'm supposed to move into the apartment because we're going on vacation. So, you know, but the Lord spoke to us. He said, this is what I want you to do. So when they gave us the lease, we signed it. Yeah, we signed it. Now we signed it by faith. Now I'm not saying you should go out and sign something for a bunch of money, you know, and say, well, let's just, buy. I'm believing God by faith that I'll have the no, money. We had previous Yeah, we had previous word to go to do this, to move in, and he would provide for us. So we took him at his word, we signed the lease, and then we went on vacation. And in the middle of vacation, you know, hey, the fig tree's been spoken to, but we hadn't seen the results of it yet. But in the middle of vacation, I get a phone call uh, from a customer. I had done a bid, you know, for a job. And a customer calls me and they said, hey, uh, we want you to go ahead and do this job. And it was a $13,000 job. And so when I got back, you know, I normally I got a check from them to get material, stuff like that, and a little bit of labor up front to operate off of. And part of that money I was able to use yeah. to, you know, move into the apartment. And so God had it all worked out. God knew what he was doing. God knew That when he spoke what he was speaking to us about moving to this apartment, that he was going to, you know, bring it to pass. All we had to do was trust him, trust his word, put our faith in him, and then act on that faith. And that's another thing right there. It took an action of faith. We didn't just say it. We believed it, and we, we acted on it. We didn't continue
0: to look for houses that we wanted.
1: No, we acted on it. We signed on the dotted line saying, okay, we're going to give you this money at such and such day, even though we did not have the money to do it. Yeah. But we had God, and we had his word, and that is worth way more than any amount of money, because if you trust God, he will always come through for you. So, that is the context of the fig tree, if you will, but in our own life, basically. <laughs> When, God, when you speak the word and you believe it, it doesn't matter how long it takes to see it. If you hold on to it in faith, you will see it come to pass. Yeah. So go on to the second point here, God's kingdom. Hebrews 11.1 1, in this Passion Translation, it says, Now faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. This is a really powerful scripture, there's a lot of things in here, but it says that faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. So, faith is that foundation. It's, it's, you know, it's where we start, it's the foundation. And Hebrews 11, 2, and 3, it says, This testimony of faith is what previous generations were commended for. Faith empowers us to see that the universe was created and beautifully coordinated by the power of God's words. He spoke, and the invisible realm gave birth to all that is seen. So I think this is interesting in this verse, in verse 3 here, it talks about how God spoke out of this invisible realm, and it gave birth. The things in that invisible realm gave birth to all that is seen. Yeah. The realm that we live in.
0: That's what we're talking about is the invisible things that we're believing for this. It's not seen to our natural eye right now, but in the spirit realm, it's already birthed.
1: Well, it's just like when Jesus spoke to the fig tree that we were just talking about a minute ago. When the words are spoken, you don't see it with your natural eye. You don't see it taking effect until later on. And, but the words that are spoken do take an effect immediately in the unseen realm and then they bring a manifestation about in the seen realm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Does that make sense? Yep. So what we're talking about here is this unseen realm that God operates out of. He lives and operates in that realm and that realm is his kingdom. And so I want to kind of explain a little bit about what this kingdom means. And you know, the definition of a kingdom is I'm talking about in this context, the definition of a kingdom is the spiritual reign or authority of God an authority could also be like a government system. A good uh, analogy here is like, think about a police authority or a police station or a police in a town. So we know that in our town, it, that there's police here. There's an organization of police here. And we know that if we, you know, obey the law, then we're not going to get in trouble. But if I go out there and I start going hundred miles an hour in a 35 mile an hour zone, I know because of that organization and the way it works then I'm going to get pulled over, I'm going to get a ticket, and more than likely I'll get my license revoked if I'm going 135, and I may even go to jail, I don't know. I've never done something like that, but still, I mean, the point of it is, you can see how there's an organization, a system, a way of doing things, and there's an authority in that system that says, this: when you do this, this is what's going to happen. So in that same way, in God's kingdom, his authority, he has certain parameters set up in his word. That when you follow the word of God, talking about faith here, when you take his word by faith, you speak it, you believe it, you receive that you have what you've spoken. When you pray, as Jesus told the disciples, then you will get the manifestation of it. You'll have it. And sometimes it takes time, like we talked about, but you'll still get the manifestation if you hold on to it by faith. And that's what it's talking about operating in God's kingdom realm. Those are the parameters in his system, in his way of doing things. That's how it works. And so we're kind of look at some uh, some examples of Jesus doing that.
0: Yeah. That's the thing I love about it is I can still be living in this world, operating in my regular day-to-day job or in my community operating. And what I'm going to start to experience is that as I take a hold of God's kingdom and I begin to understand it and operate out of it, I can still be here, but I'm operating out of a new kingdom.
1: Yeah. And that, you know, we're going to look at Jesus operating in that kingdom, what it looked like for him. And that will help us to see what does it mean for our lives to operate yeah. in the kingdom of God? You know, so how do we operate in the kingdom of God? What does it even mean for us to operate in the kingdom of God? Well, Jesus is our example. So let's look at the word it says about him. So we're going to go to John 14, six through seven in the passion translation. Babe, would you like to read that one?
0: Jesus explained. I am the way I'm the truth and I am the life. No one comes next to the father except through union with me. To know me is to know my Father too. And from now on, you will realize that you have seen Him and experienced Him.
1: Well, the first thing is we have to be in union with Jesus because, in order to operate with the Father or in the way the Father does things in His kingdom, we have to be in Jesus. Yeah. There is no other way to the Father except through Jesus.
0: So I place my faith in Jesus. You place
1: your faith in Jesus. And then
0: I operate in what he tells me to operate in.
1: Exactly. Colossians 1, 12, and 14 talks about this, and it says, Your hearts can soar with joyful gratitude when you think of how God made you worthy to receive the glorious inheritance freely given to us by living in the light. He has rescued us completely from the tyrannical rule of darkness, that would be the world kingdom, the way it does things, and has translated us into the kingdom realm of his beloved Son. For in the Son, Jesus, all our sins are canceled and we have the release of redemption through his very blood. So by putting our faith in Jesus, being saved, being washed in that blood, and being cleansed from that sin, we are then moved into the, his kingdom realm, and that's where we operate. But we still, what does that look like? You know, that's the question that I have when I studied, was studying this. I'm like, okay, what does it look like to operate? You know, I can talk about it all day, but what does it actually look like, and how can I apply that to my life? That's what I want to know. You know, when I study the Word, I want to know how does this affect my life? So that's what we're going to look at here. Matthew 17, 24 through 27, Jesus If you remember the story, Jesus is telling Peter to go get money out of the fish's mouth. It's a very interesting story. And there was a tax that was going on, basically. And um, some people ask Peter, hey, does your master, talking about Jesus, does he pay taxes? And, of course, Peter answers, like, of course he does. You know, we all pay that. Of course he does. So then Peter goes inside, and Jesus already knew what Peter was going to ask him when he went inside. And Jesus said, "Um." he asked him a question. He said, who pays the tax? Does the king's son pay the tax or do the people of the kingdom pay the tax? And Peter said, well, the people do. And Jesus was showing him, you know, I'm God's son. I don't, you know, I don't need to pay this. But he said, just so people don't get offended, go ahead and go down to the sea, throw your hook in the water. And the first fish you pull up, you're going to pull a gold coin out of his mouth and you're going to go pay taxes for both of us. Now, that's kind of crazy, isn't it? Yeah. It sounds crazy, but that is a picture of what it's like to operate in God's kingdom, not in the world's kingdom. Because in the world's kingdom, that doesn't happen. You don't go down and go fishing and pull some money out of a fish's mouth. I mean, if that was the case, we'd see seen a lot more people out fishing.
0: <laughs> I'd be a fisherman. <laughs> I
1: know. But we don't see that because the thing about it is God instructed Jesus in what to do. Jesus was walking with the Father. He knew the Father's voice. He knew what the Father was saying to do. And so God, in, God had instructed Jesus and Jesus spoke by faith, told Peter, Peter took his word by faith, went down to the water, threw his hook in the water, pulled that fish out and got that money out of the fish's mouth, went and paid the taxes. So that's just one picture of what it looks like to walk in God's kingdom and how it takes an effect on our life in the world, the worldly kingdom, or with our natural eyes, we can see it in the natural realm. So, another uh, story here I want to look at with Jesus is Mark 11, 1 through 6. So, this is actually just before the whole thing with the fig tree happened. And Jesus, they were coming up to the town and Jesus told the disciples, hey, I want you to go get this donkey's colt. It's going to be, you're going to go up to this town. You're going to see this donkey's colt. It's going to be tied there. It's never been ridden before. I want you to get it and I want you to bring it back to me. And he said, if anybody asks you, tell them the master is in need of it and he'll be back soon. Jesus told the disciples, hey, go get this and bring it to me because it's, it's going to meet a need. It's going to meet a yeah. provision that, I, you know, it's a provision I need and it's going to meet that need and God has provided it for us. And the disciples, again, took Jesus' word by faith went up there you know i I don't know about you but i kind of might have been thinking like how does he know there's going to be a donkey's cult up there i mean we haven't been up there yet like
0: well even then i think it shows how the disciples honored jesus true that they would obey his word even though they didn't understand what he was talking about about this cult it was a questionable situation if you didn't already have previous knowledge like jesus did but they had previous knowledge that they could trust jesus
1: That is very true. They did. And so they took his word by faith Mm -hmm. and they went up there. They got the cult. Just like Jesus said, somebody asked him, you know, hey, what are you doing with that cult? And they told him, hey, the master's in need of it and he'll be back. But number one, God had to, I mean, Jesus had to be listening to God in order to get that from him. He had to be following God's will or following God's voice. And Taking what God had said by faith. Number two, the disciples. Whenever Jesus spoke that to them, the disciples had to be in faith of what He said and go do it. They had to carry out the action. It was a faith that produced an action, and they had to go do it. So you know, they could have doubted. They could have said, "No, we don't. We don't. You know, we're not comfortable going and ch- So they could
0: have gone and found any any donkey. Well, they
1: could have done that too. But they could have been like, "Well, we're not comfortable going up there to somebody's random place and taking something." No, but the thing about it is, like you said, they knew Jesus, knew his character, they knew his word, and they knew that when he, he they went, it was going to be just like he said, and they had faith, and it produced a result that they could see with their natural eyes, and that's what God's kind of faith does. So, I want to talk about another story, personal story of ours, that kind of ties right into this, and it's, from when I was a little bit younger, it was before we actually met, and, uh you know, I used to fish all the time, and I thought this was an interesting story because, you know, we just talked about Peter getting the money out of the fish's mouth, and no, I didn't get money out of a fish's mouth, although I wish I would have. That would have been cool, but this was just as cool to me at the time, you know. I was fishing a lot, and my I would just gotten this brand new lure. Love this lure. You know, I don't even remember what it was now, but at the time, it was like, it was amazing. I loved it, and, you know, I felt like every time I threw that thing in the water, I was going to catch a fish with it. That's how awesome it was, but... I was out on a pond fishing, and the, you know, it was probably like the third or fourth cast. I threw that thing out, and the line snapped. And, you know, of course, the fish had taken it. The line snapped, and it was gone. Well, my parents were there, and I believe it was my mom. She said, uh, well, why don't you just command it to come back to you? And I was like, well, what are you talking about? You know, and she said, well, the Bible teaches us that God gave us dominion over the animals. She said, use your dominion command that thing to come back to you and, and believe it, you know? And so I said, okay, well, I'll, I'll do that. I'll take the word of God and I'll believe it. I'll put my faith in it. And I, so I said, fish, bring that lure back to me. And that's just that simple. But I took it by faith because I trusted the word of God. And so I just believed it and I'm fishing. It probably wasn't even five, 10 minutes. That lure literally bubbles up right there in the water, right in front of me. And there it was, there was my lure. And all I had to do was speak in faith, because the Word of God said that I could do it. And all I had to do was speak in faith and believe it, and I saw the manifestation of it. And it wouldn't have mattered if it had been 5 minutes, 10 minutes, 30 minutes, or an hour, or whatever. I believed it, and I held on to it by faith. But like I said, between 5 and 10 minutes later, here comes that lure bubbling up out of the water. And it doesn't matter. The reason I'm telling you this story, because I want you to get a hold of this faith, it doesn't matter if it's something small like a lure you probably spent $10 on at Walmart or if it's a life altering situation that this standing in this makes a difference in your life and the way your life will be the rest of your life. If it's a small situation like that or a big situation like that, it's still the same faith and you take a hold of God's word right? and you believe God's word and in that unseen realm where God's word is spoken and it gave birth to everything that we have and now, that we see now, in that same way, when you speak the word of God and you take a hold of it by faith and you receive it, you believe it and you receive it when you speak it and you hold on to that and you act like you believe it because real faith produces real actions and you act like you believe it. You act like you have faith in it then all of a sudden you're going down the road and here is the answer and it manifests. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden you can see your answer and it's an amazing thing. And it's not like, Oh, well I can see it. So now I can finally believe what God spoke to me. No, I've already believed it. Now I'm just seeing what I've already believed.
0: Yeah. So what areas in your life are you looking for a change that you can begin to apply God like faith to, to see a different outcome?
1: That's really good. Hopefully, we've been able to break the word down enough for y'all to see how this could easily be applied to your life, how you can take a hold of God's word by faith and receive it when you speak it. Yeah. So, I think that's all we have time for today. Is there anything else you'd like to say, babe? I don't think so. All right. Well, we appreciate y'all joining in today. And I want y'all to remember that in Jesus, we are built on the rock.